Welcome. It's a wonderful Friday afternoon, and you are listening to Abundance, Abundance Now, Now with Maria M. Lopez. Maria is a certified public accountant, financial advisor, and public speaker. She specializes in advising her clients in their personal business and finances so that they can achieve the financial lifestyle of their dreams. Her mission is to empower others by providing them with the financial tools and education necessary for them to create their own finances. Here is your host, Maria M. Lopez. Hello, South Florida. Good afternoon. I welcome you to Abundance Now with Maria M. Lopez. This radio show is brought to you by my CPA, accounting, and tax services firm, Gallant Accountants and Advisors, which is conveniently located in South Miami. Please contact me at maria.lopez at cpa.com for a 30-minute complimentary session to explore how we can work together in the financial and income tax matters of your business and those of your personal life. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Renee Harking, who also specializes in the financial services industry. About a month ago, I was sharing with Renee the various topics that I bring to you every Friday afternoon, and because both Renee and I are very passionate about gaining clarity and understanding of the mechanics of the U.S. financial system, and sharing that knowledge with our clients, we were exploring additional topics that will be of interest to you. And then Renee tells me, delayed gratification. And so that is the topic of of our radio show, of my radio show today, this afternoon. About a month ago, Sharon Castle, if you remember, Sharon Castle is a lady that I interviewed about a month ago. She told us during the interview of this radio show the importance of having good habits. We discussed where the habits reside in our brains and the fact that almost 90% of everything we do in life is a habit. In order to create and live a life of financial abundance, there are habits that we must adopt because these habits will serve us in a positive way. However, the very first step, I believe, is always realizing and understanding what is our existing mindset about money and finances. We must address that first. Once we become aware that we can create a life of financial abundance as much as anyone else out there, we then proceed to adopt the new set of habits that will serve us in doing so. Obviously, there are many habits that can lead us to create the life of financial abundance. I also would like to emphasize that I am not referring to living a life of financial freedom, financial stability, or financial independence. All of those three terms or statements and ways of living are something different because those are, I will explain why I say that. I like saying financial abundance because living a life of financial abundance is not measured by how much money we have in the bank or by how much we invest in the stock market or by how many investment real estate properties we own. I believe the term financial abundance is a state of mind. Living with this state of mind allows for my life and for your life to have flow, ease, and grace. And after all, I think that's what we want, right? We want a peace of mind and happiness. Once we adopt the mindset of financial abundance, we can then proceed to create a life of financial stability, financial independence, or financial freedom, if that is what you choose to do. Now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is about 21,000 this week, which means that we're living in a period of growth and there are more financial opportunities for all of us. The U.S. real estate market is also getting stronger. We are also waiting for some type of federal tax reform. 
Thus, we have to wait and see what Congress and the U.S. president will decide with respect to the new federal income tax rates for both businesses and individuals and other tax incentives. The U.S. financial system is complex, and this is why we work with financial advisors and accountants that they make certain recommendations or advices to us. I want to share with you that building wealth requires financial strategies. Clearly, <laughs> I think we know that. But the biggest part of procreating wealth starts with our mindset and our habits. This is why today, Renee and I will address the topic of defer or delayed gratification in creating wealth. Because this is a powerful habit that will serve you in a positive way in your financial life. Let me now introduce Renee Harkin. Renee is Chief Investment Officer at Single Point. Prior to this role, he has spent 15 years at BNY Mellon Wealth Management as Senior Portfolio Manager. Renee lives in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome, Renee. It is a pleasure that you're joining us today. Thank you, Maria. Wonderful. Renee, can you share with our listeners a little more about yourself, your experiences in the financial services industry, and exactly how you help, what, what, what services you offer to your clients at Single Point today? Thank you, Maria. So uh, let's jump right in. I've, I have spent the last 20 years managing stock and bond portfolios for successful families. I trained as an economist at the Wharton School and had an MBA from Kellogg. I spent 12 years at BNY Mellon managing about $500 million of high net worth portfolios until about three months ago when I decided to uh, join Single Point Partners as a partner and chief investment officer. Over my career, I have worked in the U.S., I've worked in Central America, but always in banking or capital markets. I have been involved over my career in, in different roles, including in mergers and acquisitions at GE Capital and in a financial software startup in Silicon Valley. I have a lot of diverse experiences that make me a unique investor on behalf of my families. And that's really at the core of what I do, is to help families that have accumulated a certain amount of wealth navigate the very complex capital markets that we, that we live in here uh, globally mm -hmm. um, in order to achieve their long-term uh, wealth-building objectives. Beautiful, Renee. I love it. I love your experience, and I love that exactly. Uh, I love that the $500 million portfolio <laughs> that you manage. That's beautiful. Congratulations. And uh, again, uh, Renee, in the 1960s, 1960s, Mitchell, then a professor at Stanford University, took nursery school students, put them in a room one by one, and gave them a treat. They could choose a cookie, a pretzel stick, or a marshmallow. And the deal was as follows. They could eat the treat right away or wait 15 minutes until the experimenter returned. Rene, what does the marshmallow test actually test? Well, Maria, the, 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 the second component of this test was that if they waited for 15 minutes, they would get more marshmallows or more cookies. So really what the test was designed to gauge was the child's ability to think of their future self and to forgo the joy of an immediate reward for an even bigger reward in the future. It measures the child's ability to self-govern and to direct her energies 
to maximizing her future rewards rather than the current ones. I love so it. In short, it measures delayed gratification ability. Beautiful. Now, Renee, this test is one of the best known studies in the history of psychology. And this brings me back to what I stated at the very beginning of today's show, that a big percentage of what we do in life and in in our finances is based on our mindset and on our habits. Obviously, those two components are psychology. And mindset, uh, like I was saying, it starts with what the thoughts, the beliefs that we have hold in our minds. Renee, can we talk about the fact that yes, part of our behavior is adopted by our conscious choices. For example, uh, when you sit with your clients, you share with them and you educate them about certain financial strategies and habits that they should adopt on a daily life. So that's the conscious choice that they make. But as part of our behavior is also learned from our environment, like especially from our early childhood. Could you comment a little bit on that? So um, I am a big believer in this emerging field of economics called behavioral economics. And it really informs the way that I advise my families, my investors. In my experience, working with older investors who are typically retired, the most common and dangerous behavior I've observed is that they let themselves be influenced by the popular financial press. It might be MSNBC or Fox Business, the Wall Street Journal. Some of my clients have these channels on in their television the whole day. So the client becomes oversensitized to these voices of gloom and doom, right? All too often this noise, I call it noise because more often than not, they're wrong, right? But it can trigger sell decisions that are knee-jerk, emotional, and which lead to real financial losses for the clients in the long run. By the way, the financial press also loves to build up the star manager, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's Warren Buffett or or uh, Bill Gross at PINCO, right? Nothing sells more than the story of the, the guy with the hot hand, the manager <laughs> who can do no wrong. This also leads to a phenomenon called performance chasing. And usually also when clients do that, they get bad outcomes. Got it. I, I You know, I, um, I totally, I'm totally with you. I agree with you. I know and I respect very much a lot of some of our financial um, speakers out there and advisors such as, you know, we can name them, I mean, of course, like Robert Kiyosaki, Susie Orman, Tony Robbins, many of them, and also the ones that you mentioned that appear on the popular press on TV shows and things like that. And and, and I, I love what they're doing and the movement that they're, that they're creating. And I also hear you exactly what you're saying, Renee, because sometimes it becomes noise. And, and I think that what we can take away from that for our listeners is that Gather all the data, read all the books of the financial books, but then do have the opportunity to meet some, with someone like yourself, Renee, or myself as a financial advisor, and, and interview multiple financial advisors, and ask questions and understand exactly why it is that Renee is advising this particular uh, strategy for myself and how it will benefit. Benefit is that correct? That's correct. You're Beautiful. absolutely right, Maria. Okay, in your experience working in the financial services industry, Renee. What have you observed as the biggest challenge or challenges we generally face in delaying gratification? What is it that is holding so, us? So, Maria, you know, we live in a very unique time. In the last 20 years, we've had two of the biggest stock market corrections 
in the economic history of this country in 2000 to 2002, and then again, 2008 to 2009, mm-hmm. right? So the biggest challenge I face in doing my job is easily that clients were burned very badly. It's not in the first bear market of the 2000s in the second one, right? So there's an intense desire for what I call loss aversion or loss avoidance. Mm. Ever since this massive meltdown, any time the market pulls back, even a modest 5 to 10%, which is very, very common. I call that a garden variety pullback. And we've had 46 of them in the last 30 years. But only about a third of them actually go on to graduate into full-blown bear markets. In other words, most of these pullbacks are just temporary detours, and the market then resumes its upward trajectory. right? But what happens is even when the market pulls back a little bit, Most clients' memories and fears kick in. They relive the crisis. They Mm. remember the pain of the paper losses, right? Right. So, but it's not a Category 5 hurricane. It's not like Hurricane Katrina. It's just a little (laughs) storm, right? right? But the scars that, you know, the the scars from that period run deep. And that's something that I work very closely with my clients to help them overcome. It's so amazing because it's, it's it sounds to me like it's we create uh, the experiences that we, we that we live obviously in our financial life. Uh, it's within our environment exactly like you said it, Renee. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking of the millennials. Obviously, they're living in a new generation. Uh, the baby boomers experience a different economic generation, right? Yeah. Generation X. So this is like generation by generation in whatever environment we happen to live in or grew up in, right? Interesting. Many, many different approaches, yes. Beautiful, okay, wonderful. Renee, we're going to go now for a short commercial break and then we will return okay. to expand on the topic of delayed gratification. We'll be right back. My business is expanding and growing. I just wish there was some way to streamline its accounting functions, give me data to forecast myself, and advise me on how to manage this growth. I heard my friend's 30-minute session with Gallon Accountants helped her get through most of her issues. I'm not surprised. I am Maria M. Lopez, Principal at Gallon Accountants and Advisors. And through our dedication to serve our clients and our mastery of the accounting discipline, we can help get your business back in the green. We're conveniently located in South Miami and we work with our clients in South Florida and also with clients throughout the country. Call us today to schedule your 30 minutes complimentary consultation. Contact us at 1-800-793-9721. Again, that is 1-800-793-9721. We are back on Abundance Now with Maria M. Lopez. My guest speaker today is Renee Harkin, Chief Investment Officer at Single Point. We are discussing the topic of delayed gratification and why this habit is so important when creating a life of financial abundance. Renee, let's talk about a specific examples of when we act upon our impulses or emotions in the area of finances. For example, what can we recommend to a family as a strategy for purchasing, in this case, their first home? What kind of mindset must they adopt so that they can make this financial purchase? And what type of activities will not serve them in achieving this goal? So, Maria, the topic of uh, home buying and, and, and investing in real estate is one that I 
you know, I come at it and I would say I'm somewhat of an agnostic to it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, let me, give, let me give you an example. I have a cousin who is very successful financially, but he has never owned a house. He mm-hmm. has always rented, always rented, right? He, the money that he would have used as a down payment, right? He invested in the stock market many years ago and it's now grown very nicely, right? You know, for many families, buying a home is a good idea because obviously, you know, there's a lot of very cheap uh, mortgage money out there, right? There's very few investments where you can borrow 80% of the purchase price at very cheap long-term rates, right? So, so mm-hmm. that's one thing that, that makes sense. Uh, and over the long run, if you're going to stay in the house for a long time, it's probably going to be a good investment. As right. good as the stock market, not as clear about that, right? Mm-hmm. But, I agree with you. But that's that, that's the way I think about, you know, real estate. Right. I agree with you. And Renee, for those who uh, own a property or want to own a property, what about this thought, Renee? Because when we purchase real estate, obviously it's a tangible piece of property. And for those who are parents and have children, wouldn't it be awesome to just leave that property be- to their children and then their children pass it on to their grandchildren? Will that be a way to create wealth in the family? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's yeah. many studies out there that show that over over many, many decades, mm-hmm. real estate is a, is a very safe bet. Right. right. And there's real appreciation in the asset. Yeah. So multi-generationally, great idea. Beautiful. Okay. Now let's talk about distractions. Are distractions holding us back from implementing delayed gratification in creating wealth and managing our finances more effectively? For example, perfect timing. Memorial weekend starts tomorrow. The stores, you know, whether online or at the shopping center, will have thousands of items on sale, millions of items on sale, I'm sure. What is that doing to us? Is that a distraction? Maria, now you're getting into a subject that really goes beyond economics, right, and beyond Mm -hmm. finance. So my own personal philosophy is that we live in one of the most materialistic societies in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. We are constantly being seduced by ads and sometimes by peer pressure, right, to seek happiness in material consumption, right? They call it consumerism, right? right? And, you know, a lot of us can resist it, we can control it, but many of us, unfortunately, are too weak to resist it and we get into trouble, right? Because you always want to have the latest, you always want to keep up with the Joneses, right? And it's hard to go against the crowd. So it's a huge challenge, I think, for our generation. Beautiful. Well said. So that takes us back to the marshmallow test, right? Do we want it right now? (laughs) Or do we want to build something bigger later on? (laughs) Right? Now, let me ask you this, Renee. What would you recommend, Renee, as the steps for us to follow in adopting the habits of delayed gratification when it comes to finances, based on your experience that you have spent in the financial services industry working with your clients? I will focus my answer this answer is really focused to clients who are investors, whether you're investing in real estate or stock market and you're a long-term investor. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do, stop watching the financial press. Okay. It's MSNBC <laughs> or Kramer. The noise coming from there, right, whether it's the gloom and doom that, oh, there's another, there's another big political headline that's going to cause the market to tank, right? All that stuff is just noise, right? So just focus on the long-term growth and and tune out the noise, right? Market timing, trying to get out of the way of a market pullback, it's a fool's errand. You're not going to get it right. Love it. So tune out the noise. 
I love that. Yes. Yeah, we have to pick and choose what we listen to. I, I totally agree with you. We have to be selective in what we bring into our lives and into our minds. I also would like to emphasize that adopting the habit of delayed gratification is not just because we want to create financial wealth. We all want different things in life, clearly, and we all want to create what we, whatever it is that we want to create. There's no such thing as, as a specific dollar amount that we must all achieve in our lifetime. But let's address the fact that adopting the habit of delayed gratification in our finances will ultimately help us live a life with ease, peace, and grace. And more specifically, we will be able to sleep better at night because we don't have that overwhelming concern that maybe we're not going to be able to pay our personal living expenses in the near future or so. What are your thoughts about that, Renee? I mean, let's just go back to the other side of the extreme, just making sure that we sleep better at night. Look, we live in a we live in an economy where there's a, there's a real risk of job people you know face job loss, illness. Mm -hmm. maybe a big stock market correction. So every financially successful family that I know has a sleep at night cash cushion, right? It's their ironclad fallback in case some of these bad things happen, right? Whether this cash cushion covers six months worth of your budget or two years worth, that's a personal choice, but you have to have some, right? And that way, the other parts of your, you know, the other buckets, the other mental buckets of your money can then be invested long term, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and you can better withstand the inevitable kind of ups and downs of the market, right? That's, that's the way I think about this. I love this. So we're talking about creating and having an emergency fund of what do you recommend uh, generally, like a few months, a couple of months, six to seven, eight months? I would say at least six months. Beautiful. Yeah, that, I, absolutely. I'm totally with you. And then from there, we create, we have a short-term strategy, investment strategy, and then from there, a long-term strategy. I just love you that. You got it. Yeah. I also want to address the fact that what we do, our behaviors are being observed and watched by our children and the younger generations. Thus, for parents and grandparents, it's also very relevant to become aware of the legacy that we're leaving to our children and grandchildren and how we live a peaceful life. Do we want our children to eat the marshmallow right away? Or will we <laughs> like to teach our children the benefits of delayed gratification because the payoff will be greater later on? Now, Renee, what are your thoughts about that? I have two daughters. <laughs> okay. 13 and 10 year old girls, right? So they, and they love cookies, they love marshmallows. <laughs> But I, I have tried, my wife and I have tried since they were little to drill the idea that no pain, no gain. Okay? They know I was trained as an economist, and, and they know that if you want to be successful, if you want to achieve anything mm -hmm. in life, the basic building block right, is, to, is to delay gratification, whether it's in schoolwork, sports, or the arts. You have to train and drill for many, many hours, no matter what the pursuit. Right? And, and they, hopefully that message is now finally sinking in. Right? That's, that's my legacy to them. More than anything else, I can leave them. Beautiful, Renee. Now, may I ask you something now? Um, and, and I, I have my own belief on this, but I want to hear your own thoughts also as a parent, as a financial sure. advisor. How do we communicate that to our children and grandchildren? Do we illustrate it by showing our own behaviors so that we do what we say we're doing? Or do we also have uh, bring, bring it into conversations? How do we transfer that knowledge and behavior to our children? 
Well, you know, I'll tell you what my experience is. Certainly, you, you know, you have to model the behavior. That's number one, but mm-hmm. that's not sufficient. Mm-hmm. You have to repeat it and, and, and when they're young, right? Mm. It's, it's repetition. Being a parent is repetition, right? Even though they probably get tired of hearing it, but that's eventually the way it sinks in. But the third strategy that I use is I lean on other individuals that perhaps my daughters view as being closer to them in age, like their cousins. They have cousins who are maybe already teenagers or even college students. And sometimes those are better messengers, right, than, uh, than the old man, right, at, uh, at to be able to penetrate, right, and get into, uh, um, you know, get, really get under, you know, have the, the, the young child kind of absorb the message, right? The messenger matters. Right. So I lean on them as well. Beautiful, Renee. Now we're coming to a close to the show, and I want to ask you my last great question here. And uh, sure. Renee, can you share with us any last comments with our listeners on this topic of delayed gratification so that we leave them with tips and best practices that they can apply in their personal financial life? So if you are in savings mode, maybe you're somebody that's in your, your 40s, I would leave you with this. When you are tempted to overindulge in the present, think instead of your future self, of your 65-year-old self. Beautiful. Think about, think about indulging her first. Okay? I lo- I She'll love appreciate it. it. She will love it. Yeah, so the future, a legacy. I love it. Now, thank you, Renee, so much for joining me today. Uh, by the way, I'd like to share with my listeners that Renee is my cousin, and I'm very proud of him. And uh, should you listeners have any questions for Renee or myself, please email them at maria.lopez at cpa.com. Renee practices in Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you so much, Renee, for joining us today. And for everyone out there, have a wonderful evening and a great Memorial Weekend.